0: family from the heart podcast episode number 428 entertaining educational and encouraging content that makes a difference this is gspn.tv join the community
1: Welcome to another episode of The Family from the Heart.
0: A podcast that is devoted to giving you a behind-the-scenes look into the lives
1: of the Ravenscraft family. A family that has given up on the ordinary to pursue the lives for which they were created. Now, here are your hosts, Cliff and Stephanie.
0: That's right, my friends. If you enjoyed last week's episode, you're really going to like this episode. Episode 428 of Family from the Heart. Stephanie and I are continuing our coverage of chapter one of The Big Leap. And if you're wondering, did we actually get to the end of chapter one in this episode? The answer to that question is no. We did not. <laughs> but is this an entertaining episode? Yes. Is, is there some educational aspects to it? I think so.
1: <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs>
0: Will it encourage and inspire you? I have no idea. <laughs> It'll
1: encourage and inspire anyone who's not Cliff. <laughs>
0: There you go. So uh, without any further ado, it'll all make sense if you just listen to this thing. So here you are, episode 428, Family from the Heart, part two of our coverage of chapter one of the book, The Big Leap. All right, this is part two of The Big Leap coverage with Cliff and Stephanie. This is the Cliff and Stephanie's notes on... The Big Leap.
1: It's really not. You should not false advertise. This okay. is strictly, Cliff's going to read you The Big Leap.
0: Cliff's going to read you The Big Leap and... Stephanie's uh, going to make fun of him for it. <laughs> welcome to this program. <laughs> I think we could probably get a, a publishing deal from, a, from Wiley Publishing or somebody like that. You think so? I think so. I think they would love to publish. Stephanie makes fun of Cliff as he reads books.
1: Somebody's got to want to do that. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we're covering The Big Leap. We started uh, one week ago here on Clubhouse as we're originally recording this. This, of course, is being recorded as podcast content as well. Stephanie, did you know that part one of this discussion, while it's also for those of you who are listening on, re- on uh, Clubhouse, you can go to my profile or Stephanie's profile and you should see a list of recordings and and the replays of previous episodes are there on Clubhouse. but we're recording this locally. and did you know that you are now a part of the audio journal uh, podcast, the Train with Cliff audio program found at trainwithcliff.com by the way.
1: Did you know that that's not new because I used to do an episode with you every Wednesday?
0: Did you, you do that for a while?
1: Started the audio journal.
0: I think I do remember that. So, Why did we stop that? I don't know. Probably you started making fun of me, and I dumped you as a co-host. That's maybe.
1: pro That sounds like. That sounds very likely.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, last week we started off. We I I thought for sure we could cover the introduction and all of chapter one. <laughs> But as Stephanie will tell you, that when I went through and highlighted pertinent sections... The
1: entire book.
0: When I highlighted the pertinent sections of Chapter 1, I highlighted 80% of Chapter 1. So, this is Part 2 of Chapter 1's coverage. So, it has now been over a week since I last read Chapter 1, and I have not gone back to review my notes. I thought I was going to do that before I came down here, but... You know how you go and you do some things, like you're you're it's like, hey, I've got thirty minutes before I have to do this. And then you think, I, I'm just gonna do this. And then all of a sudden thirty minutes goes by and you didn't do that thing. Mm-hmm. That's that's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. So Stephanie, Maynard Maynard's big leap is the next note that I have. Maynard Webb is the name of the guy. He was the chief operating officer at eBay and one of the main architects of their meteoric success, yet he was operating inside of his zone of excellence and not his zone of genius. And even though he could have taken life easy, he chose to confront his upper limit problem and make the big leap into his zone of genius. He saw how staying with the world of eBay would be staying within his comfort zone And then the next line Gay Hendricks says is this, the comfort zone is no place for a person like Maynard Webb, and I hope not for you either. Now, do you remember reading that part of chapter one? And if so, did any thoughts come to you as you went through that I mean,
1: I I remember reading it, but... Didn't he go on... I mean... Didn't he start another company.
0: Yeah, he went on and and and, yeah. and did some transforming work in another place. Yes, that um, was the part of the story. Yeah.
1: Um. So I connected more on on a personal level to Maynard and what he went on to do than. Gotcha. Then the staying in your then the staying in your um, comfort zone and or breaking out of your comfort zone versus staying in it. Yeah. So.
0: So here is where this is one little area that even how many years later are we for just over four years four and a half years actually yes four and a half years of going through this book I've been through this book multiple times and not not just personally but with clients but even after four and a half years and after as many times as I've read this book I still do not like this one line the comfort zone is no place for a person like Maynard Webb I get that. I understand people who don't like to live inside of comfort zones and all this other good jazz. But this this little add-on, and I hope not for you either. You don't like that? No, I don't.
1: Good. Neither do I. Tell me why. I
0: Because I should get to
1: decide where I want to stay, whether it's in my comfort zone or pushing my, my limits and... and...
0: Yeah, choosing I,
1: I, to want to do something what he would call greater.
0: Exactly. And and I think there has to be some kind of understanding of what do we mean by comfort zone. And and I think this gets a little nebulous because for com- I think there's I I think that just the the phrase comfort zone in the personal and professional development field or industry or in this area the word com- or the phrase "comfort zone" is given a bad name. It's a negative connotation, and I really don't know that I want to buy into just the assumption that one that that comfort zone is a negative thing or a bad thing that one should want to avoid at all costs. Right? Because comfort, I can understand comfort zone being something that it's like, you know what, this is just so comfortable, I just don't know. I'd re- you know what, I-, I think that yeah, there's something more I feel like I should be doing in this world that I could be doing. I kinda really want to do these things, but I'm afraid that I'm going to fail. And if I, you know what, if I just stay where I'm at, as painful as it is, if if I just stay where I'm they, at and I don't try if it's the this comfort
1: zone, is it painful?
0: Well, that's what I'm getting at. If I try this thing and I fail, then that's going to be painful. So it's far more comfortable for me to stay here. I'd rather not try, which means that I'm guaranteed not to fail. <laughs> if I don't try, I can't fail, and therefore staying where I'm at is comfortable. And I understand that. If you call that being the comfort zone, then I can understand that being a negative thing. I can buy into that line of thing, but I don't just want to make an assumption that that comfort zone means that. Does this make sense? I think there's you could actually use the phrase comfort zone, and and I could and see and not
1: mean it in a negative way.
0: Exactly.
1: Okay. Yes, I'm following. I lost you for a minute, but I came back around.
0: Great. So what I what I'm saying is that for me when I think about this when I was in podcasting A to Z there was a there was a long period of time where for me I I found that work fulfilling, enjoyable and stuff like that. And if we go back before the 10 12 years of podcasting podcast answer man work. I did a decade or actually 12 years in the insurance business with my mom and dad's insurance agency. And they weren't all bad years. And they were not all bad years. There were years where I loved it. I was I was at the top of my game. I, I was in the top of the United States of insurance. I mean, I was I was I was crushing it and loving it until I wasn't. So, for me, what I will say is that when it, each time it came for me to make a big leap, and I, and I would argue I made a significant big leap into my zone of genius from insurance into the podcast-related work, although albeit with a limited mindset that there's no way I could truly get paid to do what is my true zone of genius, which is to simply have encouraging conversations with others, I didn't have any of this language by then, but back then, by the way. I did not know what my zone of genius was. I just knew that I love to talk and I like to encourage people. And and but but looking back and seeing it in hindsight, it's easy to see that I my zone of genius was just getting behind a microphone and creating content that entertains, educates, encourages, and inspires others. And my favorite thing in my zone of genius was having a one-on-one in person or, or even not a, it doesn't have to be in person a one-on-one dialogue with another human being where it's real-time conversation and, and where I am again using my voice to encourage and and all this other stuff and i and of course also on you know on stages live and teaching Th- that's all my zone of genius but certainly when i transitioned from insurance work to the podcast answer man work and and related stuff that was a sh- that was a significant jump towards my, big leap towards my zone of genius. but would you argue uh, could anyone argue that the two years before i made that big leap that i was within my comfort zone it was that was the most uncomfortable time of my life right i i think that when you get to some place where you are, incredibly financially successful. So I had I had ex- I had gotten to the place where after about 10 years of being a licensed insurance agent, I had experienced financial success beyond my wildest imagination, at least what I ever thought was possible for me at the time. And and yet here I am. I have I've I've now got more financial certainty than I've ever had in my life. I have more job security than anyone on this planet could ever possibly imagine. And so when we think about success in the realm of financially, you talk about this should just like, gosh, how could you want more than what you have here? And there is no limit on how much this could increase. But yet I got to the place where I realized, yeah, I'm really good at this. Yes, I matter of fact, this is what we're gonna learn is my zone of excellence. Yet, there's no way I'm in my comfort zone because in my comfort zone, if, if I think of comfort, I think about living in alignment. I feel like a, a level of comfort and confidence that I am doing what I, I am using the resource of time and months and weeks, months and years of my life and decades of my life doing what I think is meaningful and fulfilling work. And, and when I got to the place where I discovered there was something that I could be doing that it would allow me to tap into my zone of genius beyond what I'm currently doing, I may have been afraid to make that jump. I, I may have had a lot of fears related to it, but there's no way I would call that my comfort zone. I agree. There was a, there was a comfort zone in the financial certainty of what I was doing, but Financial certainty, I've come to learn, isn't everything. Correct. Anyway, so just this phrase, the comfort zone was no place for a man like Maynard Webb, and I hope not for you either. It's like, okay, I get it as long as I understand comfort zone in a very direct way that you mean it and imply it here, which I understand. Well,
1: what would you... Like obviously, you're saying that it was the most uncomfortable time of your life. So if you had to change that sentence,
0: yeah, how would I, how would you yeah, so, so, um where you know the okay, so the comfort place is no place or okay, the comfort zone is no place for a person like or Webb. how I would write this line if this were my book, I would say. The financial success that comes from the golden handcuffs of doing something that you're excellent at, but not fulfilling to you personally, is no place for Maynard Webb, and I hope not for you either. Okay. I would, and, and that's my first pass at it. And I think I could polish that up to make it almost as fluent as the line that he has in the book. Yeah. But I have, I, but there's just this idea of comfort zone. It's like, listen, it, there are some people who struggle with the, it's like, I'm just so comfortable right now. I don't want to, I just don't want to rock the boat. You know, at least here I know that I show up, I get this and blah, blah, blah. I don't like all the risks. There is a lot of comfort zone, but not everybody is a comfort zone issue. Right. That's all I'm saying.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. I like your golden handcuffs.
0: Well, that's I talk to people all the time about their golden handcuffs. No,
1: I I know, but I've never heard you reference that before. I'm yeah. just saying I, I I like that.
0: Yeah, and that's that's when we get into what he says about the different zones of ge- zones. That's where we the term he doesn't use the term golden handcuffs, but mm-hmm. it certainly comes up and we'll we'll get to that hopefully in this particular episode of chapter covering chapter 1. All right, the next quote. You ready? Dr. Richard Jordan created a successful small business that attracted a larger firm. The firm made an offer of 3 million dollars for his business plus a 2-year employment contract for himself. On the morning Dr. Jordan woke one morning, Dr. Jordan woke up with some last-minute concerns. The main concern being the new employment contract offered him two fewer weeks of vacation than he was used to. He got into an angry confrontation with the negotiator over this detail. The firm pulled out from the offer, citing the reason as being, quote unquote, due to the force of your remarks, all right? Uh, And like that, Dr. Jordan waved goodbye to $3 million in cash, salary, and incentives. His letter continued. But he oh, had two weeks of vacation. <laughs> but he had his two. Yeah. He had his two extra weeks of vacation that he's used to. Clearly, that's what he wanted. That, exactly. You gotta have your standards, right? So he's his letter continued. Over the next few years, I would awaken many nights, many nights with a knot in my stomach. Then I finally found the diamond in the dust. After much work and introspection, I discovered that what I was really saying to that man was, "Wait a minute, three million dollars—that's way more than I'm worth. I can't allow this." Any thoughts on that?
1: I don't. This is here. Here's here's one one thing that that I have a hard time when I read these books that you. Suggest that I read. I'm reading them from a completely different life stage. Explain. Explain. I am not in a soul-sucking job. I'm not creating a business worth $3 million. I'm not, those have not have been my life and my goals over the last 20 years so for me it's really hard for me to say what I think about that because um I can tell you right now that the work that I have done over the last 20 years is priceless and nobody can put an amount on it and and so I I don't I don't know um but I don't find my worth and value in the work that I do.
0: A lot of people do.
1: I know, and that's where I, I have a hard time um, meeting them on their level. Like, and, and I know that sounds bad, but those are like it's my. You're first, having a
0: hard time resonating. I'm having with a hard time resonating,
1: set. and and um, and like thinking of a time of reflection from that place because I'm not in that place. That makes sense,
0: right? Yeah, so, I, I definitely get that.
1: So. I mean, I, I can, I can understand where, where, you know, you would say, you know, I'm not worth that or, and, and here are the things I do a lot of stuff in this business. Yep. I do a lot of stuff in this business, but when people or you talk about what I do, I'm like, I don't do all that, like, but I know that I do, but I have a hard time hearing it. So for me, that would be the equivalent there. Okay. Okay. It might not be $3 million, but it, it's, it's what I got to, to compare Right. Um, And and so I get, but I have a hard time resonating with that thought.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I I think the, when I read this, the the main point of telling this story is, and it refers mostly to the upper limit problem and how subconscious beliefs, uh, whether we're consciously aware of these beliefs or not, he's right here with me. You're looking for the dog, for those who are wondering what I'm referring to. Um, anyway, the, the, whether we're aware of these beliefs or not, these beliefs will cause us to do things right? like in our actions or with our words. So we might actually, in our actions, become angry. We may one day use forceful words of confrontation with a negotiator to, anger,
1: anger is not a bad thing, though.
0: No, it's... It's, it's, it's what
1: you do in it. Well, that and, is, that, that is the, the...
0: But what he did consequence in Consequence
1: that, that, you know, well, that has the lasting consequences. It, it's the action that you do in the anger. So, anyway, go ahead.
0: With what, what he was doing, his angry confrontation yeah. cost him the going through just days before the closing of this agreement... Three million dollars in in all of this stuff that had been negotiating, uh, and he realized only later it's like, wait a second, I I do recognize it. I've been doing a lot of soul searching or be- digging into some of my limiting beliefs, and it turns out that you know what, it wasn't really about the two weeks of vacation. I mean that that's what presented itself, but in reality, I needed. I needed to end this relationship. And if I were to kind of dig into the mind of this person, this Dr. Richard Jordan, you know, it's like, ooh, wait a second. What happens if they buy my business and I get all this stuff for $3 million? I'm still connected to working with them through my employment contract for the next two years. At what point during the next two years or at any point in the future do they realize me for the fraud that I am and that what they bought from me was nowhere near worth three million dollars. Do you or understand that was fear? what
1: they were going to buy from you worth three million dollars to them, so it doesn't matter what that three million dollars is to you.
0: See, you see it from that perspective. and that that is that is equally a perception one could have, but it's no but less, it didn't
1: but it didn't save Dr. Jordan. It
0: did not save <laughs> Dr. Richard Jordan until later. All right. So there are some. Um, by the way, I just want to let you guys know in the chat. I am reading your your chat questions um, as they come in, in between Stephanie and I's dialogue. Although I will probably bring in the chat more focused near the end of this coverage of chapter one and then we might see if anybody wants to come up and chat with us about any of these. All right, so there are two new questions. In last week's episode, we talked about some of the questions that were posed. I inc- If you haven't journaled those questions, journaled about those questions, I encourage you to go back and do so. Trust me, this, this stuff is much more impactful and transformative in your life if you actually participate with the information that's in this book. Do you know, little side note Stephanie, that uh, Ray Edwards came to me, or, or I actually went after I read this book and I'm like, Ray, I'm totally like, you know how I've been talking about leaving Podcast Answer Man and, and the podcast consulting business and how I've had this dream of doing something completely different and all this stuff. You know how I've been talking about that for like two years now? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, it's done, I'm doing it. In fact, you know, it, with, with, I've set a timeline in one year, I will be operating in, completely in my zone of genius. And I went to tell him about this book, right? And then all of a sudden, a week later, I talked to him, I said, hey, remember how I told you I read this book? And I told you about the zone of genius. And I made a commitment that I'm going to operate in my zone of genius at minimum of 70 or 80% of the time within my work week. And that's all going to happen within the next year. Well, I decided, no, it's going to happen within the next 90 days. And then Ray and I were together in person. He came here, uh, and we spent some time together. I said, screw this. Dude, October, next month, that's my last time. That, I'm doing podcasting A to Z in October, and that's it. Boom, cutting it off cold, and in November, I... so." Re- well, you
1: even, won, one step further, you wanted to refund all of those people oh, I, and, and I, cancel and your kids wouldn't let you.
0: You, you talked me out of that. I, no,
1: that was the kids. They told you that we're not quitters.
0: Oh, that's Ravenscrafts okay. Ravenscrafts
1: don't quit. Do you remember? They all yeah. said that you couldn't go back on your word that these people had already paid
0: and... I'm glad you brought that out because I forgot all about that. Mm-hmm. So, my fir- when I first read The Big Leap, I was ready to make The Big Leap, like... Within, I'm like, listen, I'll give myself one year to transition. Then it was 90 days. And then it's like, okay, next month is the last one. And you're right, I went one step further and I said, you know what, forget that. I don't even need to do this one in October. I'll find some way to, to generate money. This, I'm just so certain this is the right thing. I think what I'll do, and I probably had about 12 or 13 people signed up for the next session of podcasting A to Z. By the way, that's 12 or 13 people who had paid $2,000 in full to go through this course and I was ready to it's like you know I, I'm sorry I am going to refund you and and you're right that and we had that conversation and I guess it was the kids who said you know no you you made a commitment to these people uh I, you that's that's just not you right you
1: can't expect us to hold up to our commitments if you aren't going to hold up to yours either that yeah. was from so, our oldest daughter that so was-
0: for those of I guess so for those of you who were in The October 2017, a.k.a. the very final session of podcasting A to Z, you have my daughter Megan to thank for that.
1: Our kids called him out on being a quitter. We weren't raised by a quitter. You're not allowed. And um, I think one of them even said, it's six weeks, dad. Suck it up.
0: So back to my story, which by the way, thank you for that because that's an important thing. I had lost my recollection of that part of this story for four and a half years ago. So, th- through the midst of me first introducing this book, you know, t- telling mm-hmm. Ray that I'm going to do this through this period, somewhere along the way, Ray's like, okay, I don't normally do this, but I, I, he goes, I have a very large queue of books that I read, and it's not very often that I'm convinced to put a so, new book on a queue or, and or move a book that's down on the list to the top. But I'm going to do it. I got to find out what the heck's in this book. And he's and so about two days went by. And this audio book is relatively short. You could listen to it in an afternoon, or certainly within a weekend if you were listening to the audiobook. But um, a, a two days went by, or something like that. And then he texts me. He says, and I'm I'm paraphrasing this, but this is how I remember it. Four and a half years later, the text message was something like, and it says from Ray Edwards, and the text says this: the big leap. I don't get it. What's the big deal? Question mark. Or and he might have said, read it. I don't get it. What's the big deal? Um, and so, and, I, I, and then I replied, got time for a FaceTime chat? And so we got onto, it's like, okay, so Ray, you said you read the book, right? He says, yeah. He goes, I, I still don't, I don't get what the big fuss is. How did this have such an impact on you? Did you read this? And I opened up my highlights and my notes. He goes, that was in there? Uh uh-huh and i said did you read this and he's like oh and i said and did you read this and and he's like he goes i'm gonna have to go read that again
1: i was gonna say didn't ray read it twice yeah
0: he he read it again and uh and not too much longer uh by the time he was here uh we did a ray and i so i actually interviewed gay hendrix in the Cliff Ravenscraft show. It might have still been called Podcast Answer Man at the time. I have no idea. This is all... I'm starting to get into the fuzzy math of, of my memory now. So... It's
1: funny. I thought the whole thing was fuzzy math. <laughs> Thank
0: you, baby. I You're love welcome. you too. So... But anyway, I, I interviewed Gay Hendricks. Uh, and then right either before or after that, I interviewed Ray Edwards. And we talked about The Big Leap. And, and I talked with a bunch of people. Anyway, so what oh all of that to say are you reading are you are you listening to this material are you interacting with the material it's one thing to say yeah i read that book i don't get it or i read that book i understand those things but are you applying what you understand so my reco- my recommendation go back to the previous episode where stephanie and i talked about the introduction and part 1 of chapter 1 Look at those look up those questions and journal about them. Promise you it will be transformative if you journal the answers to these questions. So here are two new questions today. Question number 1, how much love and abundance am I willing to allow? The question number 2, how am I getting in my own way? So, Stephanie, um, have you ever struggled to allow an incredible amount or a limitless amount of abundance into your own life for you to feel a, a, a flow of abundance? Have you ever experienced that? I have. All right. And if you go back to that time, and I don't know, it could be now, I don't know, or how long ago was it? So first of all, how long ago was it when you last struggled with allowing just an, an overwhelming amount of abundance? It's like, listen, I just don't know that life should be going this well, or, or I don't know that there's more abundance that's available to me or that's possible. When was the last time you felt that way? Ten years okay and when you were there, can you put yourself into that place?
1: I can think of that place but I won't put myself in that uh, place. Well if you think okay,
0: think about that place yeah. and at that time, how much abundance, love and success were you allowing yourself to experience? And where did you draw the line, if any?
1: Does the question ask?
0: The, the question is how much love, love and abundance? Love abundance.
1: Okay, not success.
0: No, but it, it, it. So the word success gets thrown in there later, but just do love and no, abundance.
1: If you're answering this question. Well, let's answer
0: this question. Forget my uh, success. How much love and abundance back then were you allowing yourself to experience?
1: I would. Okay, so. I don't know how to put a reading on like a a number or a percentage or I am a caregiver by nature it's it's part of of who I am so for me I am giving those things all the time not Mentally thinking about taking them in. Does that make sense?
0: So you are so, giving care to others, but I'm you giving, are not receiving care for yourself.
1: I'm giving love and abundance in every relationship, in every um, ministry group, in every place in my life. But no, I'm not filling up. I'm not making sure that I'm getting any in return, nor am I thinking about getting any re- in return.
0: Would you go as far as to say that you had been taught or conditioned to believe that it's...
1: I would say that there is a large organization that teaches and um, conditions you to not accept those things. Yes.
0: That, that seek first to serve others. Yes. Yes. And and do not think don't put yourself first because that's selfishness. Yes. Right. And right. and when you don't have to name that particular organization. I, I wasn't
1: going to. Did you like how I did that? I
0: I, I like that. Yeah. But that particular organization that shall not be named <laughs> happens to really enjoy the teachings of a man named Jesus who once said, when asked, What is the single greatest commandment of all time? This one's my favorite. Said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength." And he said, "The second,
1: hold up, hold on to your seat."
0: The second commandment is equally important, and the it is at the same level of importance as the first. And it says, "Love yourself."
1: It says, "Love your neighbor as you would love yourself." But how can you love your neighbor if you don't love yourself? You first have to love yourself, well, and learning that is the greatest lesson that I have ever learned in my life.
0: Yes, that that and was, the people
1: around me are happier for it.
0: Absolutely, and, and 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 yes, I was paraphrasing. To the second one is love yourself, but but if for you to be able to do the second commandment, which is to love others as you love yourself. That is implying that you have first come to love yourself, and gosh, the the amount of self judgment, the amount of uh, just negative self talk, the the number of just like putting my own needs last, uh, and all of this stuff. Which, by the did way, did you
1: know that a car won't run on an empty gas tank?
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: And we could take a go one further. If you don't plug in your car at Meyer, it won't run either. <laughs> like the it ain't gonna get you home with your groceries. You cannot run on an empty tank. And they don't teach you that.
0: And you can't give to others what you don't, don't have. have. So if you want to love others, you must first be filled with love.
1: So there was a great a great amount of my early adult life was lived, not accepting love and abundance because I didn't know I was allowed to. I like that sentence. I'll go with that one.
0: I like that one too. Although I, yes, I, I didn't hear it. <laughs> Would you like <laughs> me to say it again? Can you say it again? Cause I was reading the next question and saying, I'm going to how-
1: say it again for the man sitting right next to me. Cause the people in the back heard me. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So, um, a. a my early adult life.
0: My early adult life
1: was lived not taking love and abundance because I didn't know I was allowed to. Because
0: I didn't know that I was. to. I wasn't allowed accepting
1: to. love and abundance because I didn't know I was allowed to.
0: Okay, I heard all of that, and you know what? You just reminded me of what. So you and I have a mutual friend, Anna Sophie Reinhardt, mm-hmm. and I don't know that she'll ever listen to this. She she may. But uh, anyway, or maybe I'll, I'll think to send her a link to the recording of this. But when she had gone into um, recovery for anorexia, she came out of that experience and began to blog, and, and she began to go on a journey of self-love. And, and she, she was just on this mission of convincing people that you need to put self-love first I never spoke this these words to you I don't think I never spoke these words to another human being I never said these words to Anna Sophie but every time I saw her post self-love this self-love that self-love this I always had a negative reaction in my mind a, a, a reaction of judgment of that language how it's like wow that's terrible and i it's only in hindsight that i can see this like wow i was really against i was really conditioned to judge anyone who would preach a message of loving one's self wow wow she was right all along she was anyway Mo- so so the second question is is how am i how am i getting in my own way and i think we kind of answered that question i think so although if you are journaling these things you might want to go and answer these in answer detail. it again
1: even if you're taking it out of the first
0: yes all right
1: or write them together and make one big long
0: so, by the way, he, he next says, Dr. Richard Jordan, it says, the story has a happy ending money-wise, but more important, Dr. Jordan shows us how to turn dust into d- diamonds by understanding the upper limit problem at work in this kind of situation. Another person might have continued to blame the other company or himself or gone down a path of, to bitterness and despair. Instead, Dr. Jordan had the insight and courage to ask big questions and savor the big big rewards that come along with them. That I just want to emphasize, the courage to ask big questions and then savor the rewards of having found the answers. There might just be a hidden message in there that you may not understand the full extent of until you go through and use those questions as journal prompts or prayer and meditation prompts and literally dig into your subconscious mind to find out what's holding you back and what you're thinking on the inside about some of these things. All right, so the next part, why would anyone... Or why would someone answer no to or resist the idea behind those two questions? When you consider the possibility of constantly feeling good and having things go well in your life all of the time, you may f- find yourself thinking, that's not possible. So that's some of the resistance that I had. It's It didn't seem possible, and that's why one of the things that was holding me back. He also says, this is quite a natural response. If you feel resistance and would like to explore it, you can begin by letting yourself know that it's quite natural to feel this way. After all, human beings have had very little experience with consciously cultivating the ability to feel more more and more positive energy. There wasn't a class in elementary school or college called How to Tolerate Longer Periods of Success and Good Feeling. I think it's remarkable that we can go all the way from kindergarten to a PhD or even an MD without anyone mentioning something so fundamental, but that's the world we live in at present. We're going to change that world, though, and we're going to reap the phenomenal benefits by doing it. What do you think about the fact that throughout the educational system that we can go through an entire educational process from kindergarten all the way up to the highest degrees that institutions can offer. And yet there's nothing out there that, that you know, along the lines of how to feel good inside and have your life go well, regardless of external forces.
1: Because that's not the American dream. American dream isn't to feel good and to, it, it's, it's to sit at a desk and crank out numbers and take home a check and it's it's not about being good and doing good it's about becoming a robot in the system and that's what i think about the american school system and that's how you can get all the way to a phd or an md or and that's why it's been my responsibility to teach my kids that there's more to life than the degree that they want from the university that they're enrolled in.
0: Yeah. I I definitely am in alignment with you on the overall principle of the American dream. I, I think the American Dream includes a lot more that that it it's not just people sitting behind a desk. There are the American dream for some, which I think is also limiting as well. The American dream for some is to start a business, have other people work on it for you to bring on. Enti- yes. and an So I'm mass- wrong calling
1: it the American dream, but it it is. I get what you're saying. There,
0: yes. there it is the society's message of of yes. what success is. Yes. Is is that it? And and uh, the idea. I think is,
1: success has more to do with your character than your bank account. Agreed. Um having integrity doing what's right even when people aren't looking means more than how much money is on your check at the end of the week or the end of the month or whenever you get paid um so and and that's that's another reason why i hear this book differently than a lot of people do
0: i'm hearing it a lot different differently four and a half years later than when i first read it I was still very much a believer in high achievement. Yes, and ma- setting massive goals and conquering the world. And well, I
1: think you're still.
0: I still have attachments to a lot of massive goals. I and I have them, but for different reasons.
1: I mean, we wouldn't have spent so much time working on an evil laugh if you weren't going to conquer the world. Like <laughs>
0: that's
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not it. No, but um,
0: when did we work on when? it? Did am I suppressing a memory now?
1: No um or repressing no um but so i i think that you still have some of those things but it's also the last four years you've grown and opened up in a way that you hadn't prior so
0: well the biggest thing for me is what i've come to understand that success love and peace can never be granted to me long term by any external situation or circumstance no. they also can't world.
1: be defined by any extra what is success to you only you can define that nobody else can define that for you right where you find your love and your peace can't be defined for you it can only be defined by you
0: right but there is a there is what's called the mass consciousness of the society that you live in or so there 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 are different there we have I
1: live with me and my dog on the couch so it's a very yeah, small society we're in yeah
0: it, there there's that but you also live in a state that has a, a the, the the state that we live in by and large has a specific leans towards a certain worldview. We we live in a country that that has certain values that we have bought into and made agreements that we didn't necessarily create these values. We've been taught these values and we accept these values, and so and, and so. We, we are, we still have a lot of unconscious values defined by others that we haven't necessarily chosen for ourselves. And sometimes our beliefs about what success is, how do we get love, how do we get peace... I mean, I can tell you right now, my belief used to be that if I want to experience peace, I must be debt-free. If I want to experience peace, I must make a great living to where I can always meet all of my financial commitments. If I want to have peace, I must have an emergency fund if I'm not able to work for an X number period of time. If I want to have peace, I must have enough money in my retirement so that when I retire, then I could actually live the rest of my life without worrying about where Money is going to come from. If I want to have peace, I need to also prepare like insurance and other methods of making sure that I have financial incomes should I get sick or unable to be at work or and and. The, what I realized is there's no end to what would be required for me to ever experience peace and, and and if I followed all of those values and all of those beliefs about what it would take for me to truly experience peace, I realized there's a potential that I could be living until my 80s before I ever experience, experience peace and there's no ch- there's no promise that I'm gonna make it to 82 years old. <laughs> so I might have two years of peace out of my 82 years on this planet. That's crazy. Or I could actually experience peace today. I could experience love today. And it doesn't matter. It, it That's not reliant upon whether or not my wife makes fun of me or not in a podcast episode. <laughs> How about I could have love Without that expectation, I could have I could have joy without the things. And so I I think our culture has taught us that love, t- to be able to feel love, we must actually serve others in such a way that they will want to do that in return. And when they do that in return, we feel love. That's baloney. That's not service. It, 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 it's it, you talk about selfish. <laughs> You don't serve
1: with the It's not unconditional love to get something back.
0: We call that conditional love.
1: That's not service. That's not love. And and so I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I just wake up in the morning and decide to have peace.
0: And and it's it really
1: it's it's really remarkable.
0: Hold on. (laughs) It really is that simple. It really is I'm not going to say easy. Because how easy or difficult that will be will be dependent upon- On your circumstances. On, well, not your, your circumstances, your conditioning, your beliefs.
1: No, I, I think that circumstances could change. You know, um, two years ago, my grandma died. Amazing woman, best woman I ever know. Um, I was saddened by, by her leaving this earth, but I still had peace.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. You're, that because circums- I
1: chose that. That's the circumstance. That that's
0: circumstance did not change the difficulty level of you choosing peace that day. It did. Did it?
1: It did. I could have chosen to be stuck. And.
0: But was it difficult for you to choose peace that day?
1: It was a little harder okay. to remind myself that.
0: Because okay it was a, uni- it was a to- unique situation that doesn't pop up every day. Losing a lifelong loved one,
1: and 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 so so circumstances can change. Yeah.
0: Okay. I, and, I see where you're coming from.
1: And you can still choose peace.
0: Yes. We're in we're in complete alignment on that. Okay. I'm just saying okay. that the process of choosing peace is actually simple once you know once what you it, know what it is. Okay. It's simple. Sometimes it can be more difficult but it can also, also be-, be easy and it has every it's not so much the circumstance it's it's your ability to apply the principle and your belief in the possibility of experience experiencing peace in spite of the circumstance and sometimes that has to do with a lot of beliefs and okay. sometimes for me what i've cuz i went for i i i talked to you about this recently over a a period of at least a year and a half, I went at least a year and a half, it might have been two and a half years, where I experienced peace, love, and joy every single day of my life. And it's not that I didn't have circumstances come up, because I did. But But the circumstances that came up that would have triggered me out of peace were all circumstances that I've faced a number of times. Been here, done that. We're talking like You know, thirty-eight thousand dollar loss with nineteen thousand dollar loss here. You know, health scare here. A, you know, you know the the things that would typically put me into an angry state or a worried state, an anxious state for a year and a half to two years or something like that. I never got triggered out of peace. It just did not happen. Peace and joy was my life every single day. But recently. I've experienced some things that are, it's like, it's like okay, I've not, okay, this is a nuance to a trigger. This is a different kind of experience that's unlike the experiences that I've had before, and it's no less simple for me to choose peace, but I'm finding it a little bit more challenging to experience peace here in these few hours or in these few days and and i'm and i'm evaluating why is that and what i'm realizing is like wow okay so here's some unique scenarios and what's coming up for me here as i journal through this as i pray through this as i meditate as i go within i'm realizing oh I still have some outdated beliefs that are not holding that are holding me back from experiencing this peace, and I believe this, and my expectation is this, and, and it's like where did that come from? And I'm just now learning about repressed the well repressed and suppressed memories and trauma from childhood, um, and and that's because of the spiritual work that I'm doing with a, a coach that I'm working with. And it's like, oh, well, this makes sense. And it's like, wow, it's like, maybe I should just try to stop growing spiritually and I won't have to dig up all this repressed and suppressed stuff to let it go. Maybe I could just keep it packaged in and stuff like that. But it's then,
1: working for you. No, I know. Well,
0: the thing is, is that I, I recognize that and, and what God has been showing me is that if you don't allow me to reveal to you this stuff this these emotions that you have repressed and suppressed by the way the difference is repressed memories are memories that you unconsciously choose not to remember it's it, it or the feelings that you unconsciously choose not to feel and suppression is one's that you consciously feel and you're like just push it down you push it down push down. it down whereas the whole, what god has been revealing to me is like, listen, I need you to just bring up all of this stuff. And you don't have to feel it again, although don't be surprised if you start feeling some feelings and stuff like that. You're gonna think that it's what that client just said or client just did, or you're gonna think it's what just happened when you got that letter from the IRS, you know, or you're gonna think it's those things, but those things are not causing the anxiety. Those things are not causing the fear. What happened was... That fear and that anxiety and that worry that you're feeling is not from the external force, ex- circumstance. That, fee- that fear and anxiety is inside of you, just waiting for an outlet. And the idea is that, you know, hey, I'm going to teach you how to, to recognize, become aware that it's there and just let it go. Like Elsie would say, right? Is it Elsie or Elsa? Elsa. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, fun stuff, there's more, there's more to that story for another time down the road. Anyway, the question is, is it possible? Uh, not only that, it says others have proven it's possible, the only relevant question for you is whether or not you're al- you will allow it to be possible for you. So it's not a question of is it possible to feel good and have your life go well all the time. That's not the question of if it's possible. And by the way, if you did not listen to part 1 of chapter 1's coverage, go back That's to one last of the week. the questions. All right. So we covered that in full. So it is possible. The question, and it's at least it's possible for others. So the only pertinent question and one that you may want to journal about is is it possible for you to feel good and have your life go well all the time? And it says here significant transformation awaits those who will answer with a sincere yes to those questions. And key emphasis on the word sincere. Cuz a lot of people say, yeah, I'm willing. Yeah, are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you are you willing to go deep enough to find out what those beliefs are and and stuff like that. And that's gosh, this past week I've been confronted with some anxiety over fear about fears of letting go of some beliefs that I that quite honestly I'm kind of proud of and it's like dude I worked I worked for at least 35 years of my life to solidify the these beliefs and and I'm I'm to let them go and i'm like yeah because those beliefs are not serving you they 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 are they are not producing in you the desired outcome that you want to be in this world and quite frankly look at all the people who taught you did it pro- did these beliefs did it produce in them the results that jesus you know lived out and i'm like okay fair enough i i'm willing to evaluate I'll 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 hand them over and we can transmute these beliefs into something more powerful. Anyway, next up, you ready, Steph? Yep. Owning your full potential. There's an even bigger reason you might feel some resistance about transcending, transcending your upper. Can I just talk about transcending? Yeah. So um I, I don't I don't know. I I heard Tony Robbins say this in one of his programs, one of his conferences. And I like the idea of the word transcending, although I know this isn't the definition of transcending, but it's a way of understanding transcending. So the idea of living life by our, by our habitual habits of thinking and believing, right? So we go through life and we're just hypnotically living our life by the default programming of our beliefs and feelings and emotions that we've adopted over our lifetime, so, in in essence, it's kind of like driving on the road, you know, and, and you drive home from someplace, you drive a hundred times, you know you've a dr- hundred or a thousand times. And have you ever come home and realized, wait a second, I just drove home. It took me about twenty five minutes. I do not recall passing a single car. I do not recall ever pressing my brake. I don't recall ever turning my turn signal on. I don't recall seeing another human being. I don't recall a tree. I don't recall anything, how did I just get home? Now I know that I drove myself here, but I have no recollection of anything during that journey. Has that ever happened to you, Stephanie? Yes. All right, that's, what that is, that is a trance. Yes. You literally are in a trance state and your subconscious mind and all of its programming is actually operating your life.
1: Mine one better was there was, there was one school year where all three of my kids were in a different building on the same campus. And so we, and while McKenna was in elementary school and Megan and Matthew were in um, middle and high school, there was an hour start difference it was a staggered start so i would drive to campus like 6 to 7 times a day because every got everybody got picked up at different times or dropped off at different times that that year and probably the two years after when i would leave this house and i'd get in the car and i'm you know wherever i'm going i would end up on campus and I'm like, well, this isn't where I'm supposed to be, but my mind was in a trance, and I habitually drove to campus
0: exactly, and constantly, and and that and and that is a powerful thing. It, it's meant to work for us until it doesn't work for us. But it works no- nonetheless. Whatever you put in as your beliefs about w- what that person is going to do on the road and how much time you have to make it through you know this light or whatever, and whether or not there's enough space for you to merge into that traffic, it's amazing how our beliefs have been established over time. And because of that, we're able to navigate this stuff without any conscious thought. That's being in a trance state. And so the idea is that this this term, this phrase, awakening, just means to awake out of a trance state and start consciously saying, hmm, am I aware of the decisions that I'm making right now? Am I aware of the beliefs that are causing me to make this decision, to take this action, to think this thought, to feel this feeling? and and so if you want to understand what it means to transcend something tony robbins says that it's you're putting an end to the trance to transcend is ending the trance again not the definition of transcend right but it is a way of understanding transcending all right, so yeah. there's an even bigger reason you might feel some resistance about transcending your upper limit problem. Speaking personally, I found that my biggest resistance was the fear of owning my full potential. As I explored this fear, I realized that making such a big commitment put everything on the line. It eliminated any excuse I'd ever allow myself for failing to achieve what i set out to do. So this whole idea of man i i i really want to burst through to some new levels of success. I want to conquer my hidden fears and take my life to the next level. Whatever i've determined that that wants to be. Not necessarily what society or culture or my parents or anybody else thinks it ought to be, but I've determined what life at the next level would be. And I wanna go through that, but now I've got this upper limit problem. I feel unworthy of that level of success or that ability to do that thing. I remember, uh, it's like, who am I to sit here and dream of what would life be like if I could actually do this podcast related stuff instead of selling insurance for a living? And I'm like, what a terrible dream to have! How, first of all, completely unrealistic. Everybody out there knows, is is saying that podcasting is dead. It's peaked, you know. It's it's peaked. You know, there, there's no guaranteed future in it. There, it, it it's just, you're just wanting to pursue your hobby. And you've got a wife to care for. She's a stay at home mom. And as a result of that, you got three young kids. You're the sole income earner for your family. You've just got out of debt. After years of your entire married life until just recently, you were in massive amounts of debt, you become debt free, you're incredibly financially successful, you're incredibly successful as an insurance agent, you're next in line to take over this agency, There's a, everybody's talking about how everybody's losing their jobs in 2007 and we're heading towards some kind of uncertainty in 2008, which obviously came. How ridiculous is it for you to even consider pursuing a hobby? Come on! And so I, I can tell you, the, the the part of me was just like, man, I, I, I it almost would have been easier to stay in that career as an insurance agent than and and than to go out and realized that I, quote unquote, did not have what it takes. Which, by the way, I did figure out I didn't have what it takes to succeed. Uh, so my greatest fear in that area did come true because I struggled in so many ways. But you know what? You grew. I grew. You know and why? Why?
1: Because growing has pains.
0: Mm-hmm. It does.
1: Because it's painful for a reason.
0: So, so, so it, and the question is is does it have to be painful? And that could be a a discussion for another time. But for me, that pain that growth did come with pain.
1: I think the lesson learns the lessons. I think that the lessons stick harder when you learn through pain.
0: Fair enough, I and 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 I can agree with that. And I think that could I, I think from where I sit right now, those lessons the more challenging the lesson was, and and the more challenging it was to attain whatever it is that you're attaining, the more lessons they come. Mm. but But I, th- I still p- think pain is optional. And pain is nothing more than a perception about what something means compared to expectations. But that's a whole different conversation. Okay. But I understand what you're saying. And, 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 I I I think I'm at the heart of what I my concern now, knowing what I know now, is that I believe I don't want to go around saying the only way that I can truly grow, or if I really want to grow fast, I can I need to experience pain because I could create a self fulfilling prophecy for myself that creates painful situations, and trust me, I know how to create painful situations for myself.
1: Right, but that I I don't know I why okay, nothing nothing.
0: I, I don't I'm not buying your nothing
1: that you don't have to buy it I wasn't selling it
0: <laughs> fair enough that was pretty much I, I'm i just dropping it here just,
1: here it is <laughs> <laughs> nothing
0: what's wrong babe nothing it's just Believe delivered it's,
1: <laughs> it's here
0: I'm putting return to center just fine. kidding
1: take it to the neighbor be like this is on the wrong porch <laughs> Amazon did it
0: again I got a big nothing over here I don't know who this is for uh do you seriously we could have we're, we're, it's very clear we're we're already over it's one hour so very we are,
1: clear by the time we come back i will have no recollection of ever reading chapter one <laughs> by the time we finish chapter one uh,
0: are we ever going to get to the zones of work i don't think so i i think we're going you know to st- how i know how, how do you know
1: you like tangents well that's what i mean uh, i prefer them
0: well that's but what, then
1: you want to to you know read the book
0: I want to have to tangents while reading the book, and that's why I have no that's problem the with the fact that <laughs> exactly. we're going to do the and big leap, chapter one, part three, next week. Here we sit. So I'm I'm putting in my notes here. The big and leap. let me
1: tell you, you can you can do whatever with my nothing that you want to do, but this pain, this growing, is painful.
0: What? what okay. Yes, I agree. I th- there have been. No, this one right here. Which one? This is the big leap, part three. This is painful. <laughs> but that's it's it's how you're defining this experience for yourself. Your rep, you are representing it. I had two it.
1: excellent workouts this week. Yes, that are growing and changing my body, making me better for it. But when I get up out of this chair it's going to be painful. Okay. <laughs> That's not the definition. That's not how I'm defining it. If I move my hamstring in any position other than this 90 degree angle that it, that, that you know, this this right here where my leg is at a 90 degree, it is going to hurt. Yes. It is painful. Okay.
0: It is going to hurt.
1: It is going to pay off. It is going to give me the results that I want in the end, but it does not change the pain.
0: So here's what I could say to that.
1: I know you have an answer to that. One that I didn't ask for too.
0: Well, you can just (laughs) mute me if you want.
1: If only.
0: (laughs) But for those who are listening, to, to, to what I'm thinking about that, where I'm coming from, is I also am, am doing a 13-week training program, the same one that you're doing. I habitually have called what I'm feeling in my physical muscles Pain. pain. Uh, matter of fact, it's. It, it, Are you going to rename it? Well, please it,
1: let me know what you're calling it now. Well,
0: well first of all, it's called DOMS. D O M S. It stands for delayed onset muscle soreness. All right, so
1: that's fair because I've called it tenderness before.
0: Tenderness is another word that. But but do, but using the phrase "I'm experiencing soreness, muscle soreness, or muscle tenderness." Okay, those actually produce different chemicals in the brain than the word i'm experiencing pain so so it, it, pain is a label and pain is a perception and it is possible i to, agree with you do I you just
1: like my language
0: Oh well, that that makes no sense at all to me. Change my
1: language. I don't want to change your language. Everything that comes out of my mouth.
0: I did not want to change. I just wanted to say that I don't (laughs) think. Just
1: wanted to get my point across that (laughs) your language is wrong and mine is right. (laughs) No. And now my
0: world works and I'm at (laughs) peace. (laughs) I just wanted to explain (laughs) that I I use different language to (laughs) express my experiences. When it comes to you those do. things,
1: you do. I fall back into a conditioned form of language, and I and I'm aware of that.
0: It's fine, and and I I do as well. Matter. It's like, oh wow, that hurts so much, and I and actually, I don't mean that from what I how I defer. Oh my gosh, that hurts so much, and I also have said, oh my gosh, I I can just barely walk up the steps as if you know these are. It's like no, actually wow, that hurts so much. That's not what I mean. It's like, wow, that actually make every time I walk up the steps, every time I go to stand up, I dropped something on the floor and I needed to bend down to pick it up. Oh my gosh, that actually reminds me of just how badly my muscles needed to be stretched. And the fact that we've been doing that these past few days Is incredibly rewarding knowing that it's gonna create great strength in our body so that when we are older that we don't have the loss of the use of these muscles and wow you know what I forgot how good it feels to feel so sore I forgot how good it feels to feel so much tenderness in these muscles yeah sometimes It's uncomfortable to extend my arm all the way out. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to pick something I've dropped off of the floor. But man, I do love that feeling. Fun stuff. Mm -hmm. See, if we didn't have these side conversations, we couldn't stretch out chapter one to part three. And I'm looking at my notes and I'm wondering, are we going to, you know what, I think I I genuinely, sincerely believe we will finish chapter one next week.
1: Do you know what they call that?
0: What? Wishful thinking. (laughs) Wishful thinking. I thought you were good. Sounds to me like you're assuming. You know what that does, don't you, Cliff? Anyway.
1: My mind didn't even go there, but thank you for for leading me right down that path.
0: And you went there, too, (laughs) didn't you? It makes a blank out of you, doesn't it? I
1: mean, you pulled the branch back and showed me the path. All I did was follow it.
0: Uh, I led the horse. No. (laughs) I am not going to use a metaphor where my wife is a horse being led to water.
1: Yet I already did. (laughs)
0: it was fun that was fun I'm gonna read the chat here are you ready yep so this goes all the way back to the beginning of this recording Uh, let's see Cindy Lou says I am all in for that series sounds like a great exclusive for a platform that's you making fun of me while I read books perfect Uh, Cindy Lou says ha so funny I love listening to you well thank you Cindy Lou we actually love you listening Karen says sandbagging and I can't remember, but it's one hour ago. So, but uh, I'm sure it was in reference to something we were doing. Okay. Ian Anderson Gray has a lot to say. Uh, he says, if you are not living life on the edge, you are taking up too much room. And to that, I don't know that I can agree with that statement. I think it goes to this, it, it's, it's a, it is certainly. A cultural phenomenon to say that if you're going to exist in this world, you better be producing something. Say that again. If you're going to exist in this world, you better get to produce something. You I did. Be, you better I better be producing something. Three
1: other humans. Well, there you go. <laughs> who took up more space in the world. Um, yeah. I, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room. I just
0: it definitely that that is definitely in li- in alignment with the high achiever culture the hustle culture of our world that that statement is in perfect alignment with with the message of hustle culture you know get out there do something create something don't be lazy blah blah true success means that you're you know, you're not wasting time effort energy blah 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 do 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 work hard create something. but that
1: something. also gives other people the power to speak over you what is creative and productive and...
0: Yeah, it, it, exactly. If you're not... Li- and of course, the question is is if you're not living life on the edge. Well, what does that mean if you're not living life on the edge? We could create where, a
1: whole episode around we that. Could.
0: We could. I'd, 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 it's like I'd like to know where is the edge of life?
1: Right. And who gets to determine where the edge of life is? Hmm,
0: we should bring Ian Anderson Gray... Live into one of our conversations and, and have have conversations. However, here's the next thing he says, but I think we need to be careful. There can be seasons in our lives or situations when we need to take a step back, otherwise we could be in danger of burnout. And I agree. Yes. Yeah, it, it, yes. that that line of thinking that I always need to be producing, I always need to be outside of my comfort zone. I always need to put myself in uncomfortable, com- uh, um, uncomfortable situations so that I can constantly be growing, so I can constantly be moving forward. I, I think that, that that can lead to burnout, and that's exactly what I was trying to say earlier. Is, is yes, that, that's why. I, but
1: what if you lived a step and a half or two steps off the edge? and you never reached
0: burnout I think life without burnout is definitely a possibility
1: I do too you know how i know
0: please do tell me i love it there you go awesome i i've i've been known to burn myself out a couple times
1: I've been known to be around when you burn yourself out.
0: All right, so the next- I've
1: been known to send you away when you burn
0: yourself out. <laughs> I know. Uh, I think the question about where we find our value in or our identity in is such an important one. It's so tempted to find our value in our work. I don't think that's healthy. I agree with you completely there, Ian Anderson Gray. And, and that's one of my favorite things about my journey is that I've completely detached my identity and my worth and my value from anything I have ever done- or will ever do in this world. Um, and and, it is, and it's, a, it's sometimes a struggle because I work with clients today who want to build profitable coaching businesses. And they're like, Cliff, if I could just be like you, if I could just have done some of the things that you've done, I'd be a credible source of encouragement in this world. And what they're saying is if I could Put as many hours into creating content as you if I could have built as many relationships as you have if I could attain as many followers on the internet as you have I would be worthy of success and I'm like oh oh no 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 all right, uh, and then Ian Anderson Grace says, uh, "You quitter, Cliff. That's funny." And you know what? In some ways, I am a quitter. I I do quit things that I have once committed myself fully to after they no longer serve my what I want in life. But I don't quit do you, on commitments made to people.
1: Okay, that that's not that's not quitting because. And I've said this I've said this many times over the years on many different platforms, is that and when i'm in a time of reflection i will write down all of my commitments or and not not commitments to people but but my commitments to things or um, activities or or um, organizations or whatever label them all out based on my life's wants priorities my peace my Personal growth, number them five to one and anything that is a three or below gets dropped off. Yeah. So I'm always only working on my fives and my fours.
0: I like that. Ian says, I like the concept of the zones. But I don't call it quitting. Right. Yeah, I I, I get it. I'm not a quitter, but I do know when to stop pursuing something that I once thought was my, my... significant desired outcome all right i like the concept this is ian anderson gray i like the concept of zones of genius and the first few chapters but i didn't quite resonate with his writing style a little too woo woo for me but the concept of the big leap is total genius i love that he threw in total genius because it's zone yes, of genius i get it um Uh, speaking about woo-woo, a little too woo-woo, you're right. Um, Matter of fact, Ian, I'm going to tell you that it's far more woo-woo than you may even realize because it's only four and a half years into this journey that I'm going back and rereading because I reread chapter one, and I'm seeing a deeper level of woo-ness in it, woo-woo-ness in this this chapter and also in subsequent chapters because I've gone through this multiple times. Um, it, it's far more woo woo than you might imagine, and I also felt resistance to the woo woo ness of the big leap, and um, but never as much as what I did with the book Think and Grow Rich. And all I want to say is, is I'm not saying that. Oh my gosh, I so there, and here's where I'm at now, and this is where I think you'll ultimately get. Because I, I don't, I don't know where anybody's ever gonna go, but man. I was really. I, I found tons of resistance in lots of self-help, personal development materials that were "quote unquote" woo-woo, meaning that they seemed a little out there, and specifically outside of my my confirmed doctrinal, orthodox Christianity beliefs that that because make that's up what my. You exactly. And and I will tell you that wow, I I really resisted a lot of language, especially when people would would start use, talking about uh, attributing things to the universe. When clearly they're they're referring to God, but they're afraid that they don't believe in God. But it's it's this woo woo, this universe, this 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 the source of all things that is. And and uh, all I can say is that what I once resisted. Um, is, is, there, there's absolutely zero resistance, and I find that probably my own language at some point, if it's not already, is becoming a little too woo-woo for people. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm enjoying the journey that I'm on with God, and, and it's leading me to, into some understanding of why people have done and or said the things that they say in some of these books. And I'm not saying I'm further along, or I'm better, or where I'm at is right. It's just a description of where I am today. Cindy Lou says, interesting. I may not have found you until that interview. She must be referring to the interview with either Ray Edwards or uh, Gay Hendricks. Ian Anderson Gray says, abundance isn't always material. I don't think that abundance is really ever Ever. material. Um, He says, God blesses us in so many other ways. Often in the times there, often at times when there isn't material abundance, we can experience so much spiritual abundance, knowing that God is in control and has got us. We need to hear more and more of the. Oh, he says we need to hear more of those evil laughs, please. <laughs> I'll. I, I, did I seriously? Did I ever practice my evil laugh, or we was just, that just a joke? It was just a family joke one night. Was which, it? Yeah. I. What? What? When was this? I, I don't know. Okay. All right, she says, okay, Cindy Lou says, oh my yes, I love that statement, I live in the couch with my dog so many, so my society is good, I love it. Oh, (laughs) there you go, yes, that's funny. All right, Cindy Lou says, I used to think all of those things about finances too, now I lean on, uh, now I lean on, I find peace within myself regardless of external circumstances, Circumstances. that's awesome. All right, Ian Anderson Gray says, circumstances can make it harder and your genetics and personality. It doesn't make it impossible, but we are all different. I want to speak to this genetics and personality thing. Uh, You're right. Our genetics and our personality can determine the chemical, well, actually, yeah, the personality can actually determine the chemical makeup of what's going on in our brain and in our body and in our nervous system. However, the personality is something that was created. It's certainly not something you were born with. It is an amalgamation of all of your beliefs and, and, and thoughts that you've adopted over... The lifetime, and most of which were unconsciously chosen and adopted in the first seven years of life. And when it comes to genetics, um, there, I encourage anyone who believes that they are who they are physically because of their genes. I would encourage you to read a book called *Becoming Supernatural*. Although it, this would, t- this is like it, the big leap is woo-woo level one um becoming supernatural is woo woo level 10 it just it just is um but it's from dr jo- joe dispenza dr joe dispenza he's a neuro neuro and neurologist anyway he he actually uh studies the brain and he will tell you about epigenetics which means that sure we have in our dna certain genes but our mind can actually turn off the expression of certain genes. So, for example, I have in my body a gene that causes me to have there's a specific gene and it has a, a label, a name to it, and I have it in my body. and my dad had it in his body and in my dad's body it was it was signaled on, meaning that it was expressing itself. Uh, and because of that, it caused my dad to experience what's called ankylosing spondylitis. Now, I will tell you that when I was 18 years old, after my dad was diagnosed, I was told that I should get this, te- this gene test done. Turns out I did and found out. And then I was told that because I have this gene, I also will likely have ankylosing spondylitis. And by the time I'm 40 years old, I might be in a wheelchair that was what was spoken to me now unsup- not not surprising to me what i know now when i was about 30 years old i began to experience chronic lower back pain extreme chronic lower back pain i went to the doctors they said listen we don't see, it, it it does appear that your curve your spine is curving it does appear that there's a fusing that's starting to happen and blah 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 and all of this other stuff and and all i can say is that because of my beliefs about having that gene and my beliefs of what that means? There and the, my brain, my thoughts created chemicals that put myself into a position where that gene was expressed or switched on. I can tell you through my going through woo woo stuff, I learned about epigenetics and I have turned that gene off. And I have no lower back pain. I do not have ankylosing spondylitis. I will never have ankylosing spondylitis. I choose not to have it. And if you don't get more woo-woo than that, I don't know what else you can say (laughs) about it. But Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Anyway. Ah, uh, let's see. Is it possible to suppress and repress? I think it is. Yeah, we we all do. It, there's not a person that's hearing my voice that has not suppressed and also repressed uh, childhood trauma. It, it, we all have it. Uh, great discussion, says Ian. I I need to go. It's getting late here, but I'll try to catch the replay. Awesome, Cindy Lou says. When exercising to build muscles, you can take it to the edge of pain. Uh, I did.
1: I went a little too hard yesterday, yep. and and I are uh, yeah yesterday, and I actually. Um, knew straight away that I needed to back off
0: yep Karen Iveson says not all workouts have to result in pain and that's I'm, a, I'm aware yeah matter yeah. of fact the 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 beach body program that we're going through he even says hey if you find over the if next couple sore, of days, you you're too much you you're really really sore you may have taken on too much weight maybe you want to do the modifier maybe you want to take it a little easier so or you may want to do some of these other uh, what did he call it? It's it's what comes up tonight. It's the mobility, mobility yeah. stuff. Yeah. You want to do the mobility um, stuff.
1: And, and and I knew straight away. And my thing was, um, when I was doing my side lunges, it felt good to stretch that muscle. Problem is, that muscle should not have been have pulled and stretched that far that quickly.
0: Yep. Yeah. And Cindy Lou says and. This is why I've put the weekly room on my calendar, exclamation mark, <laughs> four times. The way you two discuss is so revealing in so many ways. And then Karen says, sandbagging was related to the comfort zone. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Makes perfect yes. sense now. And we made it to the end of our comments. Very good. Stephanie, look at that. We covered part two of chapter one. We're not finished yet. What did we and, cover,
1: two paragraphs?
0: And I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. And we're one hour and twenty five minutes into this thing. We
1: talked about the 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 eBay guy, and we talked about Doctor Doctor Dr. Jordan. Jordan.
0: That's it. Oh come on! And the two questions and, uh, and the two questions. Yeah, we we talked about some stuff. We didn't know it was a great
1: time. We just did not cover the big. Did leap. you enjoy it?
0: Are you having a, are you, you're having fun doing this big leap conversation with me? Oh my gosh! I didn't well, think on. this no, would no, be no, such no, a no. hard question I, I, to answer.
1: <laughs> well, you also—am I enjoying it? Yes. Fun is kind of pushy. <laughs> no, I'm having a good time.
0: I was gonna say, seriously, it seemed like we were having fun.
1: We were. We are. Oh yeah. We no, are. we are.
0: Okay, fair enough. So, um, the, the question for you, because I'm—you know how I like to waffle back and forth on, on a couple of decisions that are not of ultra importance. <laughs> what, what's so funny what are you thinking
1: I do know I just I saw do. I'm, g- I'm well versed in your waffling
0: <laughs> so I, I'm going to continue to put this into the train with cliff audio program Gotcha. this will be whatever episode number of that program and, and stuff like that but you know I, this is this is family from the heart material this is cliff and stephanie it's not talking about what's going on with our family but I think I think what I want to do is I want to come on buddy come on there we go. I got a dog in my lap. This is Leo. He's hanging out. Anyway, so I'm thinking I'm going to go and take last week's episode and make it an episode of Family from the Heart and this week's episode and make it an episode of Family from the Heart. I think this should be Family from the Heart material. Okay. Are Any disagreement nope. with that? Nope. Cool. Uh- I I that my my decision is final until I waffle on something else that is, until I you, come back and say this was a
1: big mistake waffle away I only put my foot down when it means something
0: there we go all right well guys thank you so much for hanging out with us live on clubhouse we are here currently on Wednesdays at 3 30 p.m. through the end of April 2022 What I can tell you is that the first week in May, Stephanie and I are starting a couples entrepreneurial, or actually, let me say that the different way. We are starting an entrepreneurial couples mastermind group. Uh, If you want more details about that, just email me, cliff, at cliffravenscraft.com. Send me a direct message on Clubhouse or on Instagram or on Facebook. Those are the only places I would send me direct messages on. Uh, or just email me, again, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com. It is for couples who um, have at least one entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneur in that relationship. And um, we'll meet together on a weekly basis. And uh, we already have our first couple that's confirmed. We have a second couple that is definitely interested. Um, the It's very likely that we're going to meet... Uh, starting well actually we're going to start the first week of may and i'm not going to say when what day of the week and what time because that's still up in the air to be determined uh but that's well, why just
1: keep in mind that that first week in may our thursdays and friday are spoken for
0: yes i do know that okay yep anyway so if but if you're interested we're going to limit this i think to six couples is that correct i think so yeah well we'll we'll, we'll get to six couples we'll see sh- how it goes we will shut off membership after six couples uh, but we could potentially open it up to more if we feel like, you know, that, yeah, however that works. We're, we'll just see what it's like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think that's it. Stephanie, until next time, we encourage people to do what?
1: Reread chapter one of The Big Leap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: Mindset
0: Answer Man